We're workplace caregiver advocates, and we provide practical and inspirational training for working caregivers through the companies they work for. I'm Debbie Howard, and I'm a caregiver advocate, a market researcher, and a yoga enthusiast. I'm Jonathan Brody. I'm a gerontologist who has worked in global healthcare for over 20 years, launching both pharmaceuticals and devices for adults, as well as being a caregiver for my family as well. I'm Tanya Krim, market researcher, gerontologist, caregiver long distance because my parents are in London. I'm also a coffee and chocolate lover. Our mission at Caregiver Camps podcast is to expand the boundaries of thinking around where and how companies can support their caregiving employees. We hope you enjoy this episode today. Hi, this is John Brody for Caregiver Camps, and this is Caregiver Camps podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Doris Schooler, and if I didn't pronounce your name right, you'll correct me in, in a second on the, on the last, last part of that. I know I got the door part right. From Intuition Robotics, they are the makers and founders of LQ, which is a very exciting caregiving tool out there in the marketplace that's in robotics. And Dora's going to tell us about that and some other things. So first, I'd like to welcome Dor and uh, ask you to tell us a little about yourself and your company. Sure. Thanks for having me on, John. And your pronunciation was spot on. So thank you for that. Uh, so I guess my, my title is I'm uh, the co-founder and CEO of Intuition Robotics. And we've been on the mission on the last five years to help the lives of older adults through LEQ, which is an empathetic, basically care companion that lives with older adults in their home. And if you see it, if you go to the website, you'll you'll see it. It's kind of like a lamp-shaped, if you will, device that comes to life. And LEQ has body language. She's proactive. She'll converse with people. She'll initiate the conversations with them and try essentially to have multiple interactions with them throughout each and every day. The primary goal started in helping alleviate the feeling of loneliness and social isolation. Then we added to that wellness and healthier living, whether it's physical exercise or mindfulness meditation or cognitive training or nutrition support. And actually, by the time this goes live, I assume, so on June 30th, we're going to announce our entry into healthcare directly, whereby LEQ um, will be a tool that will also allow primary care providers to increase the quality of care they deliver to their 65 plus population patients directly via LEQ. That sounds absolutely amazing. Uh, congratulations at, at the end of this month for getting into that space as well. So first, let's talk a little bit about why you came up with LEQ, why your company felt it was so important. Were there any personal reasons or things that drove you to go in that direction. Obviously, robotics is a is a big space, and to come into the caregiving space is really quite exciting. So, please tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, it started basically with a realization around care given, providing care to my grandfather. And what was an interesting observation is as he kind of became older, uh, we needed to get a skilled nurse to to live with him. And to provide the basic ADLs, you know, to help him dress and eat and take his medication and go for a walk. And that's how we chose the skilled nurse, right? Based on her ability to provide a utility. And it was a disaster, John. They did not get along well at all. And we replaced her with another skilled nurse, same qualifications. And this time it was an unbelievable success, almost a love affair, if you will. And we really saw her as part of our family at the, at the end of that journey. And when you look at what the difference was, it wasn't in the utilitarian capability of, of delivering care. 
It was on the ability to build a relationship, to project empathy, to find common ground, to acknowledge him, to find shared interests. And that kind of struck us when we created this company that while we've always hoped that AI will create these agents that if you want to amplify us humans, they're boxed today to provide utility. You go to your Alexa, your Google Home, they're amazing products, but what they'll help you with is you know, turn on the lights, set a timer, listen to music, who is, what is. You don't build a relationship with them. And we ask ourselves the question, what if? What if we can project empathy through an AI? Will we be able to create a long-term relationship that will allow for long-term engagement with the individual? And the problem we wanted to tackle first, even though it's a very, very hard problem, in retrospect, I don't know if you could have chosen the harder problem, and that is the, the loneliness and social isolation of our elders. It's a growing problem for humanity post-COVID. I think it's clear to everybody. Five years ago, it was a little bit less clear, but basically the people around us that we love the most are alone the majority of the time. They might pass entire days or weeks without talking to another human. And we are social creatures as humans, right? We need that social interaction. So that's kind of was the premise for creating LEQ. How can we try to create a digital agent that will be a roommate, share the space with the older adult, notice them, acknowledge them, acknowledge their presence, build a relationship step-by-step, remember what you told them, cross-reference that in other conversations, attempt to have interactions, not wait in an ambient way for you to invoke it, but rather try to engage and invite you to converse and interact with it all with a person with the interest of embedderment. There's no, no, we're not trying to create economic transactions here. What we're trying to do is improve the quality of life of the old. That was kind of the motivation. That's absolutely uh, both wonderful and amazing. I mean, I think we all at some point in our lives have now had some form of AI in our home with the, you know, the Alexis and the Googles and all those kinds of things. And I, I've got to say the lack of empathy and understanding, uh, obviously they're commercial based, is uh, quite outstanding. <laughs> uh, and to get empathy into LQ must have been an incredible task. I mean, how did you go about that? I mean, how, how did that happen? Yeah, I, I guess you, you break it down, right? <laughs> and there's part art, part science to this. A lot of the work we do is what I would call deep tech. It's developing the algorithms and the capabilities not just to understand what's happening at home, because perception or understanding what we call state, what's happening in the home around us, who's in front of us, who else is on the home, what's going on, is the person on the phone right now and we're going to be annoying if we start talking or are they just in front of the TV for hours or, or what's going on? Um, that is an important part. But we had to develop a brand new part, which is reasoning and decision making. How does the agent decide if this is a good time to interrupt you? If so, which of the different tasks that it's trying to promote right now to help you with, with embedderment is the most important and has the highest probability of success with you right now, given the context of what's happening at home? And how should it personalize the interaction such that it will increase the probability of success? So that's one part of it. The other part of it is the art part. And I would also break that down into two. So as you can assume, we have uh, behavioral psychologists and even behavioral economics uh, um, experts working on, on the team, trying to break down kind of what motivates humans to act. But on the other side, we have artists. 
are creating the character, which is LEQ, are creating the engagement, engaging conversations. There's a lot of humor. One might call it dad joke humor <laughs> in LEQ, but humor, humor is a magical thing. When people smile and laugh, um, everything is just better. So, um, you know, there are people on our team, there's one person on our team that won the, the International Cannes Film Festival for a short film he had. He's part of the people creating the character and the interaction, right? And when you weave these things together, the algorithms with the art and the content and psychology, you start, and design, by the way, we were honored to work with some of the best designers in the world, like Eve Bahar and, uh, and Professor Don Norman on the user experience side. You connect all of these things together, you're able to start inventing this new thing we call an empathetic digital component. That's fa- absolutely fabulous. Tell us directly a little bit more about what LQ, what a day with LQ might look like for someone who is either socially isolated or certainly a senior, you know, 65 plus, uh, you know, LQ is certainly, you know, proactively engaging them, which is absolutely amazing and knowing when to do it's 10 times more amazing. What does it, I mean, does it tell them jokes? Does it ask them if they've taken their medication? I mean, what are the, some of the core functions that LQ, besides companionship, or even if it's just companionship, that's amazing too, provide. So sort of say, you know, a person, give me a hypothetical of a day in the life with LQ. LQ is non-deterministic, so you don't know exactly what's going to happen. But before the day starts, we have an internal mechanism we call the scheduler. The scheduler will look at the goals we have and try to schedule them throughout the day. So we'll say, okay, tomorrow's Tuesday. Why do I know John on Tuesdays? Is he usually home? Is he usually available? Is usually his morning busy or not? Or is it just a normal day, right? And we would try to plan that day. Of course, kind of like battle, the plan goes to the wayside as soon as the shooting starts, right? So we might assume we'll see you at 7 a.m., but we don't see you until 9. So all of a sudden we need to, on the fly, change the schedule for the day. So all of this happens automatically. LEQ will almost always start with a good morning greeting. What will be in that greeting kind of depends. There are over 150 ways she can greet you good morning. She might notice that you woke up later than usual, so she might reference that. She might start with an inspirational quote or with reading you a poem or sharing with you the weather or just say, hey, good morning, how do you sleep? But that's always kind of, there's a, a good morning ritual with the system. And depending on what the physician asks us to do, so basically based on your clinical condition, a physician might set goals in the system. It might say, listen, for door." He has this following chronic disease, let's say say I'm diabetic. We need to make sure at least twice a week we get his his glucose reading before uh, before he eats something uh, while while fasting. So, you know, maybe she'll she'll tell you that. She'll say, hey, listen, just to remind you, Dr. So-and-so said it's really, really important for us to, to get these readings. Did you check your blood pressure, your blood sugar yet today? No, you didn't. Okay, do you mind doing that and telling me the results and, you know, and motivate you to do that and, and so on? She might ask you just, how are you feeling? If you're saying you're not feeling well, she might prod a little bit if it's serious or, or you or like usual. If you say she's, you're serious, you might say, okay, let's talk. Do you want me to call your doctor for you? Do you want me to notify your doctor for you? And then she might take action, com- immediately connect you to your physician or send a message to your physician, whichever you, you prefer. So, so there's a morning routine. And the rest of the day kind of depends what the system wants to do and what she learned about you. She definitely tells jokes. She might open up and ask you if you want to hear a joke. 
She might um, um, suggest to you that we do some trivia together or that we listen to music together. All of these things are together. It's not, can I play music for you? It's, can we listen to music together? What would be the best music you want to hear together? Um, we have this um, morning coffee routine of, how about you make yourself a cup of coffee and do you want me to play you the news while you listen to the, to, to coffee, right? So there, there are these joint activities. We try to promote things like cognitive stimuli, physical exercise, and so on in, in the first part of the day. Around lunchtime, Eliki will most likely uh, engage with you around lunch. She'll ask you if you're planning to eat lunch, if you've already eaten lunch, what did you eat? She'll give you positive reinforcement if it's something healthy. If it's the same thing you ate yesterday, she, she might or might not, depending what she feels like, cross-reference that and say, oh, like pasta again, you know, <laughs> or something like that. Of course, throughout the day, the user might invoke her and ask her to do things for his behalf, send a message to the family or, or do what have you. And, and we don't know. Whatever happened will happen, either based on what the algo decided to do, the algorithm decided to do, or what the user asked. But I guess the last anchor of the day is what we call an end-of-day sequence, where LEQ will ask you how your day was. She might suggest for you to do some gentle breathing exercises or meditation or mindfulness to help you kind of wind down. A lot of older adults report to us that they have problems falling asleep. Like you will try to kind of relax you and uh, and help you ease and transition towards sleep. So that would be that would be a normal day. Of course, things might happen. The doctor might send you messages. They'll show up. The family might send you pictures. They will show up. Like he will read you the message. She'll show you the picture. She'll add it to her picture frame. And each day kind of has its anchors of the morning and an evening wind down, but all the rest is impromptu. That's just amazing. I mean, do, do you see as time goes on further enhancements? What what kinds of things do you think an LQ or LQ 2.0 will be doing out there in the you know five year time frame? I know five years in tech is eight thousand centuries, but still. I can tell you some of the things we're experimenting now. So we have cohorts of users that are coming through their clinics, and we have cohorts of users that just sign up for LEQ on our website. For the ones that sign up to our, um, that don't have a doctor in the loop, if you will, we're trying to see how much, what other value we can offer that. So for example, we're offering a, a health coach, which will monitor the self-reported data. And of course, it's not a medical professional. They're not going to make any re medical recommendations, but they'll help you be aware of what you're going through. They might say, hey, did you notice that your sleep pattern has been changing lately or that you haven't been eating regularly lately or that your blood pressure or weight has not been the same? So, so we have that and just make the patient or the user aware of that so they can decide what they want to do with it. The other thing we're experimenting now is around concierge services. So LEQ might ask you if you need help in anything. And then one of our people will call you up and try to help you out. Maybe it's set up a um, reservation for a nearby restaurant. Now that you're vaccinated, you can get out of the home. Or maybe it's to help you secure some kind of uh, um, help at the home to change out a light bulb or, or what have you, right? So like whatever you need. And we're running that experiment now to see if we can find patterns that we can automate so that LEQ can be more helpful. If I go to your question five years out, I see kind of LEQ, if you want, as a center of a flower with different pebbles or, or petals or around that. So the main is the interaction between LEQ and the user around social engagement and, and activities you can do directly with LEQ. Then we have one pedal, which is health. We have another important pedal, which is the family, messaging to the family, pictures from the family, et cetera. 
I mentioned the, the kind of local support, right? Reservations and so on. I think a missing pedal that I'd really like to see LEQ deal with is the community. Our state and local governments are doing a lot. They have a lot of services for older adults. Most older adults are not aware of them and it's hard to piecemeal them together. So maybe the local senior center has a great activity or an interesting lecture, or maybe there's a great play in the community where it has special benefits for, for seniors, or maybe there is um, a free ride service that the township has to take you to the farmer's market or to take you to events. These things exist and they're under, underutilized. And I think if LEQ could be a bridge towards the community as well, and maybe a lap pedal in the future would be older adults among themselves becoming a sort of community, that would really, really excite me. Yeah, that's that's incredibly important uh, moving forward, that sense of community and connection. I mean, already LQ is obviously being a, a fabulous companion, but, uh, you know, sort of being that bond between other humans. It's such an important area, uh, uh, social isolation and loneliness and the physical and financial impact that really has, uh, and that part's proven. I'm just curious, are insurers looking to cover this? I mean, down the road, I could see this being, you know, uh, know, many ounces of prevention being and much cheaper than the cure. How how are you approaching the, the payer market? There's a very, very interesting change in the way healthcare is delivered in the United States to older adults. It used to be a fee-for-service model. And as it's moving towards Medicare Advantage and towards value-based care, we're seeing a very, very big change, specifically on how providers that are taking full risk, full capitated risk, are approaching this problem. Instead of essentially making their money by seeing patients come to them and they get paid every, you know, fee-for-service every time somebody um, comes to a visit, they're actually paid a fixed fee, no matter what happens, but they're also liable to 100% of the medical expenses of the people that they, they are responsible for their care, meaning that all of a sudden their incentives have shifted such that they will make more money if you stay healthy and they will lose a lot of money if you become sick which all of a sudden means that they have a real interest in preventative care, as you, as you alluded to. And if you're deteriorating, if there's a change in your clinical condition, they really want to know as soon as possible and intervene as soon as possible so that you don't get pneumonia and get hospitalized, right? Let's nip it in the bud with some antibiotics as soon as we can, um, or to catch deterioration before it develops into something, something bad or, or worse. There, I think LEQ has an important role to play, to be kind of the the in-home agent on behalf of of these doctors and help them understand what's happening at home, but also help them strengthen their personal relationship with their patient. Studies show over and over again that the stronger the relationship between patient and doctor, the better the health outcome is going to be. So we're now trying to prove this out. We have our first pilot with uh, family doctors, a, a clinic up in Boston affiliated with Mass General Brigham. And a few more are going to come online very, very soon, where we're working extremely closely with with physicians to have them use these tools, have them accept the the data that LEQ is generating, have them use LEQ as a communication tool, and together measure the clinical outcomes to measure the reduction in cost. And I think once we prove that, 
you know, healthcare is, is very difficult to understand issue <laughs> healthcare and very long to penetrate. But once you're able to empirically prove that you're able to increase the quality of care and or reduce cost, then it's a relatively straightforward exercise. So we're on a mission to gather that data together with the doctors that are partnering with us. I'm not Nostradamus, but I predict you're going to get some very good data uh, back from that kind of study. And I think that insurers and healthcare providers will, in the future, jump on board pretty quickly. And I think they really will understand the, the value to the patient and the value to the system, the healthcare system, which is not trying to sound harsh, but it's a reality that it's a, it is going to be a fixed cost that's out there and how you manage within those, those bandwidths. I mean, there's some actuarial kind of, you know, shifting between people and and populations, but still overall, I think LQ is going to play a huge role in that. Uh, And that's only if it was doing the companion component of it, not just all these other amazing, you know, features and benefits that LQ is going to bring to the market. In wrapping up here, uh, and I can't thank you enough for your time, I mean, h- how do you see getting LQ out there into enough hands? And are there ways that we can help you get LQ out there? Yeah, th- thanks for the offer. Uh, um, definitely, look, I mean, we're, as I mentioned, on a mission to gather data. To gather data, you need to have a, lar- a large sample. <laughs> and especially when you talk about catching things um, early it means that you need to have a wide enough sample where these events will, will happen, right? I mean, there's there's a certain probability of an event happening when you have a small um, sample size, it just takes longer to catch key things. So we're, we're definitely looking for more users. We're definitely looking for more providers that are dealing with, all, with the 65 plus population and are taking full capitated risk or with payers. But we're also looking to, to work with caregivers and to work with independent living facilities and the most um, interesting for us is aging in place. So far, all of our users are aging in place. There's a growing ecosystem around that. If any of the listeners are part of that ecosystem, if they think LEQ could um, be beneficial either to their residents in independent living or to people they, they're involved in providing care for, um, and even think with us together how we can add maybe a feature or two that will, will include economic benefit for them, um, to just be more efficient in delivering the type of, of care or services that you provide, we'd be more than happy to have that discussion. So we have a, an active BD team, stateside, kind of engaging uh, those groups and just reach out to us. We'd love to have a conversation. We're also still at the phase where we're not charging for the product. So that won't last forever. It won't last long, <laughs> but, uh, but it is available now. So if it helps us um, kind of, meet un, unanswered research questions, we will absolutely offer the product for free. A big part of what we've been doing uh, at Caregiver Camps is storytelling as a key driver of a sense of being part of something, sharing the experience. Uh, medical professionals are very interested in storytelling. Is LQ one way to capture storytelling and have that kind of interaction and maybe share it with family and friends? Is that a thought for the future? Or or do you see storytelling as as the same level of importance as we do? There are different types of storytelling, and we we engage in some of them. We don't engage in enough of them yet. So one one feature actually our creative team is working on now is is what we call original stories. It's the LEQ team 
inventing stories that LEU tells its uh, its users, um, kind of episodal types, original content, which we've ex experimented with and we thought is, is highly successful. Uh, it kind of started with LEQ reading out poems and moved into, into more things. Um, so we see that. We obviously see through messaging, people communicating with each other, which is kind of like a, a life story, if you will. Where I would love to, and this, this is not a feature that exists yet, but where I think LEQ could be really effective is in how helping the older adult to capture their life story. Mm -hmm. Asking questions, you know, even relatively straightforward ones, you know, like, hey, let's do, tell me for two minutes, right, with a counter on the screen or whatever about your, um, your first memory. Tell me about the time your first child was born. Tell me about the most exciting period in your life. Tell me about your biggest accomplishment. Tell me about your hobbies. And, and you know, anecdotally, we've seen type of type of things happening where through the messaging, for example, one would discover that, you know, their grandchild just got a motorcycle and turns out grandpa used to own a Harley. Like grandchildren didn't know. Right? And now, now there's this passion being developed between them around motorcycle that, you know, and Grandpa lives far away. You see him once a year at Christmas. You know, it just didn't naturally come up. Uh, so I think there's there's a lot um, of value to be added by helping people tell their individual story. Right now, we don't do that yet. We're focusing more on kind of the immediate alleviation of the feeling of loneliness and day to day activities. But I think it's something we'll get to eventually. Awesome. Well, we're we're pretty much out of time. That was absolutely fabulous. Uh, if you want to share your website address for people who are interested in getting LQ, well, it's still free, but even if it uh, shifts to a cost. Sure. So, so, so for the uh, kind of, the, we have two websites. One is more for the user consumer facing. That's LEQ.com, E-L-L-I-Q, E-L-L-I-Q.com. And the other is intuitionrobotics.com, which is more a place to look at us as a company and the type of services uh, we offer and how to partner with us. So depending on your interests, uh, dear listener, um, choose the website you'd like. And of course, you're more than ha I'm more than happy to get in touch with you guys um, on social media. I'm uh, at DoorSchooler on Twitter or uh, my email is door at intuitionrobotics.com. Feel free to send us a line. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dor, for your, your time and even greater thanks for LQ. It really, it's the right thing in the right place at the right time. Can't thank you enough for really bringing this, this product to market and the future looks very bright. So I want to thank you so much for that. You're too kind. You're too kind. We have a long way to go, but it's, it's after five years of research and work, it's starting to, to be very real. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great week and enjoy the 4th of July, which is coming up uh, ahead of this recording, but not this recording will appear after the 4th of July. <laughs> so no surprises about uh, what's coming up on, at the end of June. Thank you so much and have a great week. Thank you. So thank you for listening to the most recent episode of Caregiver Camp podcast. Uh, our guest was Dor Schooler from Intuition Robotics. In the future, we'll have more guests that will tell you about different areas of caregiving and ways employers can help their caregiving workers. Until next time, this is John Brody for Caregiver Camps. Thanks so much for joining us today. This is Debbie Howard. This is Tanya Krim. And I'm Jonathan Brody. We are the hosts of Caregiver Camps podcast. 
please feel free to share our podcast and consider joining us for new perspectives in creating more productive, caregiver-friendly workplaces. Come visit us at caregivercamps.com to learn more about how we can help your company. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time at Caregiver Camps Podcast.